you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Start reading at verse number 12. Many of you know, already know this, but we are faced with, uh, with many battles as we, uh, as we walk this life of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we know that those battles come and sometimes they catch us unaware. We can face many doubts in life when these battles come. We can face doubts of wondering the direction, the next step that we need to take. The enemy would even put doubts in our minds and will even use people to do the same. If we're not careful and listen to those naysayers, listen to the enemy instead of listening to God and to his word of who we are in Jesus Christ. And all of us are the same. We all are humans. We all have been down that path before of doubts and confusion. We all have been walking on that road of not understanding and not knowing a direction that we need to follow. Not knowing the answers, brother reigns that we need to give. We all have, we've all have experienced that. So the question many times is what do we do in those situations? What do we do in that, when those moments come, in those moments of doubt, in those moments of confusion, in those moments that seems like that's chaos? That, uh, that's, that the world seems to place upon us at times. And to overcome and to have victory in our Christian walk, in our faith with the Lord Jesus Christ, there's one thing that you've heard me say and you've probably heard other ministers say this before, but there's one thing that we need to do more than any other thing is that is simply that we need to digest this Word of God in our life. In our life. We, need to, we need to digest it. It needs to be in, inside, not on the outside. It's so often that too many people never pick up the Bible to read. It's got dust on the Bible. We need to have the Word of God in our life each and every day. And I hope, and I've asked you this several times, and I'm so proud of many of you that, is, that has taken the pledge this year to read the Bible through with our Read Initiative through the Church of God. And many of you saying that you're on target and all of that, and so thankful that you're, that you're on track with that. <coughs> and if you're not on track, then get on track then that's okay. Don't worry about what you've, what you've missed. Pick up today and, and start reading. Well, Brother Danny, I don't understand everything I read. Well, I don't either if that helps your feelings. All right? But read it. Read it. I especially don't care nothing about reading the Chronicles. Amen? But they're there. But you know what? I find little nuggets even in the Chronicles at times that you can pick up on and you can look at and you can analyze and you can, you can apply that to your soul. So even when those doubts of confusion and all those things comes, we need to digest the Word of God. And I'm telling you, church, that's the only way that we're going to be able to stand in these last days. It's the only way because we have a foundation through the Word of God. Because when you see somebody walking in faith and you see somebody walking in the Spirit, I promise you, you automatically know they're walking with the Word of God in their life. There's no other way. They're walking with the Word. And so in this message this morning, over the next few minutes, I want to I talk about some, some wonderful things, I feel like anyway, that, that God says that we are. And we need to leave this morning knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. <coughs> we need to leave this morning understanding who the Lord sees about us and sees in us and what He says that we can be. See, when God sees you, He don't see where you are right now. He looks at where you can be. See, when I see somebody, I see where we are right now. You understand what I'm talking about? Because I don't know your future, but God knows your future. And God knows what you can be if you trust 
in him. Amen. So the first thing is, is, is we want to understand that I am a child of God. Everybody say that with me. I am a child of God. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 12. The Bible says, I'm going to be reading out of the King James Version this morning. The Bible says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. Now, when you think about these words right here for just a moment, think about these words. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. We don't need to live after the flesh. The flesh will take you down the wrong road. The flesh will, will, will take you places you don't need to go. The flesh will allow you to get involved in things that you wish you'd have never got involved in. The flesh will take you down a long spiral that it seems like you can't get out. Listen to me, church. We've had enough of devastation. We've had enough of tragedy even this week to help us understand this. But the Bible says if we live after the flesh, you're going to die. But if you through the Spirit mortify the deeds of your body, you shall live. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I enjoy living. I enjoy living. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. And heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. Now, I don't, I don't need to take time here to explain this verse a whole lot about children and heirs. We all understand that, right? I mean, matter of fact, you've heard me say this before. I, several, several years ago, I was walking in, front of the, in the bathroom and I walked in front of the mirror. And I looked over at myself and I saw my dad. I didn't see me. I said, dear Lord, I look like my father. Matter of fact, this week on Sunday, last Sunday, I had a pair of khakis on. And I put on this shirt. It was a, that hung outside the, the, the pants. It was just one of those square bot. I don't know what kind of shirt it was, but it was real loose fitting. And I was walking, and I looked, and I said, there's Dad. Because he wears clothes like this a lot. I said, I'm growing into him already. Not meaning to. I'm becoming my father. Have you ever been there before? And so I'm a child. I'm an heir. Amen. Not only with the looks and not only with the dress and the talk maybe, but with everything. You understand what I'm talking about? If I want to go into my mama's house, I go in. I don't knock on the door. Come on now. I don't knock and say, can I come in? I just go in. Too many times we want to knock on the door of the Lord and say, Lord, is it possible that I come in? When the Lord says, you're my child, come on in. If I want to go into mama's house and get a cherry, a piece of cherry pie, I don't ask. I just go and get a piece of pie. Are you following me here this morning? And the Bible says, I am a child of God. And if I'm a child of God, I'm an heir. And if I'm an heir, I'm a joint heir with Christ and everything that he has this morning. Well, hallelujah. We're a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and if I am a child of God, then I am forgiven. My Lord, that's a, that's a huge statement right there. 
We need to understand what forgiveness is all about. I am forgiven. In Colossians 1 and 13, the Bible says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Do you understand? Because I am forgiven, I am saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. I am saved by grace. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. It ain't nothing I've done. It's nothing you've done. I've simply been saved because Jesus Christ died for me, and he loves me, and he saw worth in me, and he sees my future, and I am forgiven because I just simply ask. We're forgiven. Amen. Can I tell you this morning that God does not forget the sinner? He forgets the sin. He doesn't forget the sinner. God forgives our sins. He buries them in the sea of forgetfulness. And he puts a sign of no fishing on it. He takes care of all that stuff. Hello. All of my past is gone. All of my sin is gone. All of the transgression, all of that stuff is gone simply because I have been forgiven this morning. I am forgiven. I'm forgiven. Amen. And when you think about forgiveness, forgiveness is a huge thing. I mean, really, it's huge. It's a huge thing. It's a huge subject. And certainly many times in which the Bible and the Scriptures, they're not silent about it. We need to read about those things. In the Bible, we can read about our amazing and loving Heavenly Father who forgives us, the Bible says, of all our trespasses. God calls sinners to seek Him. And He calls sinners and promises them forgiveness. It is simply because of His great mercy and His grace that God rescues you and I from the believer, from a dominion of darkness that began way back in the Garden of Eden. But this morning, this morning, you and I, this morning, sitting on this pew, this morning, you and I in this building, we can safely say, all of us that has been born again and accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, we can say we have been forgiven today. Doesn't it feel good to forgive somebody? Let me just back up a little bit. Don't it feel good to somebody forgive you? It really does. I mean, when you have this, this weight of unforgiveness on your shoulders, that's a heavy weight. Matter of fact, if you're not careful, bitterness will set up. Envy will set up. Strife will take root. People has died because of unforgiveness. Listen to me. But when all of that is released, and you feel that weight off your shoulders, I mean, it feels like you can just fly and soar. Amen. But the Lord says in his word, I am forgiven. He's delivered us from the power of darkness. Matter of fact, in Psalms 103 verse 8, the Bible says, The Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Thank God. Amen. Because if he did, we wouldn't none of us be here today. He doesn't deal with us according to our sins, nor does he repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Hallelujah. Isaiah 1 and 18 says, Come now, let us reason together. Says the Lord, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become as wool. Why? Because I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. You can sing the old song, I'm saved. I'm saved and I know that I am. 
I'm saved, I'm saved, and I know that I am. Pastor, I don't know if I'm saved. Well, you're in the right place to get saved today. I don't know if my, if my sins are underneath the blood. Well, you're in the right place to give your heart to the Lord this morning. I don't know if I'm walking on the path that I need to walk this morning. Well, can I tell you, you're in the right place to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen. You ain't got to act as crazy as some of us. <laughs> you Pentecostal folk ain't crazy sometimes. Even over in Venezuela, we was in that Pentecostal church. They was even crazy sometimes. But they love to worship the Lord. They love to worship. But the, 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 the key here is we're saved. We're saved. And because of being saved by the reins, I can be justified. And I am justified. Amen. What is that talking about? Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I tell you that God does not justify us simply because you're worthy? Because you're not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. He, he, but by justifying us, it makes us worthy. Simply because of the Lord Jesus Christ coming into our life. You know what justification means? It simply means just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I'd never sinned. He, he forgave me of all of that stuff. He let go of all of that stuff. I am a new creature today. I'm not the old man I used to be. I'm a new man that the Lord Jesus Christ has come down and gloriously saved my soul. I am justified today. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, I am. am. Matter of fact, I tell you what, let's just practice a little bit this morning. When you hear me say every time this morning in my message, you hear me say, I am, you repeat it. Is that all right? That way, when you leave this morning, there's one thing you're going to go away with. I am. I am. am. (laughs) You're doing good. The other thing is simply this. Edwin Luster said this. He said the doctrine of justification, he said, is the foundation that supports all the other benefits we receive from Christ. We're justified today. We've been set free today. We've been saved today. I am saved. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. You're doing good. The other thing is, is we're sanctified because of that. Now, now, don't don't, don't misunderstand me. There's folk in the church that's been saved. They've been justified. But they're still working on sanctification. You know what I'm talking about. Sanctification is one of those things that doesn't happen overnight. It's a process we go through. How long does the process take, Pastor? I don't know. That's up to you. Because some of us, we've come from a lifestyle that for many, many years, we've, we've, we've allowed ourselves to be involved in things we had no business it's almost like you've heard me tell the story with, and I, every time I, I talk about this, I think about Brother, uh, Brother uh, Brian Cutshaw in, in Twin Rivers up in St. Louis. And he, he, was, he was having a water baptism one, one Sunday morning. And there was some bikers that had got saved. And these was rough guys. I mean, rough looking dudes, tattoos everywhere. A bad lifestyle, language that, that has not been there. Don't worry, I'm not going to cuss this morning. I know, I look at some of your faces this morning saying, please, Lord, don't let him cuss. Because I've told this story before. I'm not. But he had a bad language, Sister Marilyn, but he wanted to get baptized. And some of his old biker friends says, you're not saved. You're, you're not saved. I mean, you, I know you. I, I've, I've, I, I, I've been running with you. I know your lifestyle. And he's trying to, he invited him to church. He said, well, you just come and see. I'm going to get baptized this Sunday morning. And sure enough, they come. And as tradition of that church is, Brother Cutshaw said every time he lets somebody get baptized, he puts a microphone in front of their face and said, you want to you testify or say anything about the Lord? And he did the same thing to this old boy. This old boy didn't know any better. 
And he just used some choice words and choice language, and, but actually got down to, I am saved. And when he used those words, the whole church, he said, <gasps> and so Brother Cutshaw, he grabbed the microphone. He said, hold on just a minute. He's been saved, but he ain't sanctified yet. See, sanctification will take care of some of the old dirty language in your mouth. Sanctification will take care of the lifestyle. Sanctification will take care of some of those paths that you've walked before. Why? Because you know that you've been set free. You know that you've been saved. You know that you've been justified. And you know you're on your way to sanctification. Hallelujah. So this morning, I am saved. <laughs> Can you say amen? Hallelujah. After sanctification, when you think about it, after sanctification, it's difficult to state or to talk about what aim or what your aim in life is, what your purpose in life is. You say, well, why, Pastor? It's simply because of this, because God has taken you now into his purpose. It's no longer you. It's no longer your ambition. It's no longer your dreams or your visions. It's the Lord's vision. It's the Lord's purpose. And everything that you do, Brother Reigns, I'm walking in Him. I'm walking in His presence. Everything that I am, I'm, I'm, I'm in the Lord's presence. Everything that I am, everything I'm not, everything I'm going to be, I'm in the Lord's presence. Even when tragedy comes, even when the good times come, when bad times come, everything, I'm still in His presence. Amen. Sanctification is not something our Lord does in me. you got to understand, it's not something the Lord does in you. Sanctification is, is, is he himself in you. Is he himself in me. He's the one that, that helps me take care of that mouth. He's the one that helps me take care of my actions. He's the one that helps me have a better outlook. Amen. Because we start wondering, Lord, you wouldn't be pleased with that. And we stop a lot of that stuff. The problem we have in the church world many times is we're saved, but we ain't sanctified. Come on. You know I'm telling you the truth. We come on Sunday morning, we act sanctified. But Monday through Saturday, we ain't sanctified. I'd expect you a lot of amens there. Let's move on. The next thing is we need to understand is because of that, I am a new creature. Hallelujah. A new creature. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. All things become new. All things become new. The old lifestyle, it becomes new. The old me, it becomes new. I'm not rusty anymore. I'm not decaying anymore. I'm shiny. I've got new clothes on. I'm a new creature in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Mike Porter used to sing a song years ago talking about a, a song entitled New Shoes. It went something like this. He said, well, I'm making plans for my final destination, and I'm changing my location to that mansion in the sky. I'm going to walk around in new clothes. Bright and shiny white robe Walk around in new shoes Getting ready to go Getting ready to go Well I don't know about you But we need to be getting some ready to go Amen What are you talking about pastor We're not going to live here forever This is just a waiting place If you think that you're just going to Come and live on, on this earth And, and you're going to live life And you're going to die of old age And all that kind of stuff You better think again There's a place that Jesus Christ says I'm going to go away And I'm going to prepare for you That's our home that is our home. This place right here is just a waiting place. It's just a hotel, so to speak. It's just a, it's just a place, Sister Jeanette, that we, just, we hang out for a moment till Jesus Christ comes to receive his church. Amen. 
Because I'm a new creature, can I tell you, I am a son of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. Amen. Romans 8.15 says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. We're being led by the Spirit of God because of that. We're being led by the Spirit. Romans 8.14, For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are sons of God. And because of that, we're a partaker in His nature. We're a partaker in His divine. 2 Peter 1 and 4, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Can I tell you, the world has no hold on me anymore. And those of you that are saved, the world don't have no hold on you. I didn't say I wasn't tempted every now and then. Not saying that the enemy doesn't try to come in and try to stare me up and mess me up like he does us many times. But the world has no hold. I know in whom I trust. I know who my God is. I know who's my deliverer. I know who's my healer. I know who's my protector as we were singing this morning. I know that God is in control. Amen. Amen. And when those times come and those moments come that I sense I need him, I call on him. I had one of those last, last week when we left. Can I tell you just a little bit? When, I, when we flew into Caracas and we got off the plane, I was telling Brother Roger this earlier, you knew immediately when you stepped off that plane that you wasn't in America no more. You wasn't. Everything was different. The feeling was different. The, the buildings was different. Every, the surroundings was totally different. Nobody knew my name. I didn't know their name. And I didn't understand a word they were saying. I was glad we had somebody there with us to help us. But when we, and that was, that was bad enough, but when we got in that bus, and I'm sitting by a guy that was from Venezuela, and he's telling me this whole four-hour trip over to Venezuela, he said, everything you hear is true. He said, watch your bags. Watch your children. And I knew I took Abby with me, and I knew if I didn't bring this baby back, Cameron's going to kill me. And I might as well not even come back myself. But he said, everything that you hear is true. Just be careful. Be careful. He was telling me several other things. And I was nervous getting off at that airport. But when we got in that bus and we started driving, Caracas, if you've never understood, been to Caracas, or that's the craziest chaotic place I've ever been in my life as far as driving goes. They can have six to eight lanes of traffic. If you're over here on the right side and you want to be on the left side, you just take off. It don't matter who's in front of you, who's behind you, who's beside you. It doesn't matter. And all the time that's going on motorcycles is coming all through that traffic. Beep, 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 Right, team? Motorcycles. But when we started going up to where we were staying about an hour, a little out, an hour outside of Caracas, it was dark. It was a little scary. I was a little apprehensive, and I got to praying, God, what have I got myself into? I believe Scott and Angela, but I don't think they're telling the truth right now. This is unfamiliar. This is a little scary. And, 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 and it's one of those situations where you felt like the, the rebel forces of Venezuela was any moment going to come out of the bushes and going to capture this van and, and kidnap all of us, put us in some Venezuelan jail somewhere. I started trying to think of a song like Paul I could sing at the midnight hour for the Lord to open up the jailhouse. But thank God that didn't happen. But the feeling was there. You understand? 
The feeling of fear and the apprehensiveness was there. And I started to call on the name of the Lord. And that scripture come to my mind that we are not led by, we are led by the Spirit of God. We're not led by, the, by fear. We are the sons of God. I am saved. And because of that this morning, I can say hallelujah. And because of that this morning, I know that I know that I know in whom I trust today. Hallelujah. Well, give the Lord praise this morning. Very quickly, number three is simply this. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. How do you know that, Pastor? Because Galatians 3 and 13 says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He says being made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone that hangs on the tree. I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Psalms 107 and 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Delivered us from the power of darkness. Because that we've been redeemed from this curse of the law. We've been delivered from the power of darkness. Amen. That's powerful church. We've been delivered from the powers of darkness. Now listen to me. This is not in my notes. But listen to me close. If you allow yourself to spend too much time with the enemy. He's going to take you in the, in, into a realm, into a darkness area that you feel like that you never can again see the light. Spiritually, I'm talking about. And you will, you'll be overcome with the feeling that of hopelessness. You'll be overcome with the feeling of despair. You'll be overcome with the feeling that there's no way out. Because you see no way out. It's all dark. It's all black. There's nothing for you to look to for the future. There's no life out there anywhere. I'm talking spiritually now. Understand where I'm coming from. I'm talking about because as children of the Lord, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. That this morning, I don't live in darkness. Hallelujah. This morning, I live in the light. This morning I wake up every day knowing that Jesus Christ is on my side. I wake up every day knowing that I am delivered. I am set free. I am saved. I have been blessed today. Hallelujah. I am. So we've got to understand that this morning. That the darkness is no longer there. Colossians 1 and 13 says. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And he has translated us in the kingdom of his dear son. Well hallelujah. I'm walking around in new shoes today. I'm walking around in new clothes today. I'm walking around in a white robe today. Amen. Pastor you look like you got green on to me. That's because you ain't seeing what I see. You ain't looking far enough. You ain't looking spiritually enough. You still see through earthly eyes. You need to turn on your your spiritual eyes this morning. The Lord has put new clothes on my back. I'm not scared anymore. I don't have the fear anymore. I don't have the the frustration anymore that those that in sin that have today. I'm alive today in Jesus Christ. Do you never get scared? I didn't say that. I just told you a while ago I got scared getting out of that airport. I'm talking about a spiritual fear and a darkness that is on a lot of people in in America today. They live in that. You'll see pictures tonight of every place we went to in in Venezuela. Every place. I don't care whether it was poor, middle class. Matter of fact, they they say there's no middle class there. It's either poor or rich. But every place 
had walls around that place, had fencing around that place, had wires around that place. And I asked Brother Gary, I said, why do they, why do they, everybody is, said they don't have nothing. Why are they, why they got walls around there? He said, well, what they do have, they don't want nobody to come in and get. And it's all on fear, fear of what somebody's going to come and get. Can I tell you, we're redeemed this morning. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. I got to hurry this morning. Not only that, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of Christ, of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Can I tell you that you and I this morning that are born again, we are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. We are an heir to the blessings of Abraham this morning. Galatians 3 and 13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. We are an heir in the blessings of Abraham. And because of that, I'm an heir this morning of eternal life I've got eternal life when I die I'm not just going to go to the grave and that's going to be it I'm an heir of eternal life I'm going to live somewhere and it's going to be heaven it ain't going to be hell amen I'm going to live in the place that Jesus Christ has prepared for us for those that are born again and if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord can I ask you what are you waiting for what is life to you because the way that you're going you're going to be end up one or two places Either in heaven or in hell. It's just as simple as that. So what are you waiting for? Why do you want to continue to go down the road that you're walking on? When you can live in life and live in freedom and live in holiness today. I'm going to tell you, I, you say, well, Pastor, I can't have fun being a Christian. I'm having a great time. I mean, I'm having a joyous time. I laugh every day. I have a pretty, what I think to be a pretty good disposition every day. If you don't think that, don't worry about it. That's your opinion. Amen. I get to sleep comfortably in my bed every night. I ain't worried about somebody coming and killing, killing me or, or stealing, stealing stuff from me. I'm not worried about, about, about things that, that a lot of folks are worried about today. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm a new creature in the Lord. I'm a new creature in the Lord today. Amen. And I've been that way for a long time. But thank God that we are saved today. We're set free today. We have the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're an heir of eternal life. And because I'm an heir of eternal life, I'm an imitator of, of Jesus Christ. I'm an imitator of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5 and 1 says, I'm a laborer together with God. I'm a laborer together. Romans 8, 15 says, For you not receive the spirit of bondage, as we read earlier, of the fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we can cry, Abba, Father. I can cry, Abba, Father, we're the light of the world. We can receive the light of the world because of the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 5 and 15 says, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and giveth light to all that are in the house. They, some of you need to be lights instead of darkness. Everywhere you go, you need to shine. Amen. Everywhere you go, you need to shine. Many times we go places and we do things and, and when other people look at us, they don't see the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. They need to. They need to see Jesus in you. That's what I meant earlier when I said when we was in that service yesterday, or last Sunday morning. I didn't understand nothing they were saying, Brother, Brother Rain, but I understood their spirit. 
because they were shining and they were light in that, in that place. And we was able to worship the Lord and able to sense his presence and able to give God glory and give God praise because of the spirit that bore witness with ours of worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we have the righteousness of God in Christ. Not only that, but I am blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Now I'm talking about things that you can, you can leave this morning knowing that you are. I am blessed with all spiritual uh, blessings in heavenly places. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Ephesians 1 and 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Can I tell you that you and I can be blessed coming in, and we can be blessed going out. We can be blessed everywhere we go. We're blessed in the field. We're blessed in the house. We're blessed in Walmart. We're blessed in the shopping center. We're blessed coming in and blessed coming out. Why? Because Deuteronomy 26 and 6 says, Blessed shall thou be when you come in. Y'all see, I, that just wasn't me saying that. That's what the Word said. Blessed are you going to be when you come in and blessed are you going to be when you go out. Everywhere I go, I'm blessed. I'm blessed when I go in. I'm blessed when I come back out. I just keep doing this. Why you do that? Because I'm blessed. I'm blessed. We're blessed with the spiritual blessings of Jesus Christ. Don't you leave this place understanding that you're not blessed today. You're blessed. You're blessed today. You're blessed today. You're a blessed people today. I don't have nothing, Pastor. You're blessed. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of you. That, matter of fact, every one of you has got more than what I saw some of them folk got over in Venezuela. You're blessed. You're blessed. Hallelujah. Let me hurry. Let me hurry real quick. Number seven is this. I am. Y'all getting weak now. I am. A little better. Not moved by what I see. There's all kinds of things going on in our world today that if we would allow it, it would crumble us. If we would allow those things that we see and we visualize and we look at every day, if we allow it to take hold in our life, in our heart, we would have no hope. We would have no hope. 2 Corinthians 4, 18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And as a child of God, do you understand that we've got to walk by faith and not by sight? We've got to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5 and 8 says we are confident. He says we are confident, Paul here, and, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We're confident in this thing. We cast all our cares upon the Lord. We cast all our burdens upon the Lord. He, 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 he carries those for us. I don't want to carry those things if the Lord's going to carry them for me. There's a lot of us that's carrying around burdens and, and agony and all that kind of stuff that we don't need to carry today. We need to carry what the Lord Jesus places upon our life. Amen. Amen. We need to understand that we need to cast all our care upon Him. So we're not moved by what we see. Not only that, we need to observe and do the Lord's commandments. I am 
observing and doing the Lord's commandments. Amen. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12 says, The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto the land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. And if thou wilt hearken unto the commandments of the Lord, for which I have given and commanded this day to observe and to do them. That's what the Lord has told us to do. From way back yonder. And because of that, because of that, we, we observe and we, we do the Lord's commandments. We exercise the authority over the enemy because of the Lord Jesus Christ. We exercise those things. We, we daily overcome the enemy. We daily establish God's word here on the earth. We daily have to cast down vain imaginations. We daily have to take care of temptations. We daily have to take care of the old world and the lifestyle that comes our way. That still wants to attach itself to us. Listen to me. Romans 12 and 1 says this. Talking about being transformed. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world. But be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change the way we think. Renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How do you do that, Pastor? We've got to bless the Lord at all times. We've got to bless Him in the good times and bless Him in the bad times. We've got to continually praise Him with our mouth. We've got to bless the Lord at all times. The Bible says, as a matter of fact, in Psalms, that His praise shall continually be in our mouth. I want the musicians to come, if they will, in closing. I want you to understand something this morning, church. If you hear nothing else, understand this. The Bible says in many places, this is just, this is just a, few, a few places that I've given you this morning, that we are many things. We, we are many things in Christ Jesus. I am, I am. The, the, Bible, the Scripture talks about that the cross... That Jesus Christ and his baptism express the same thing. When you look at the cross and you look at the baptism, it expresses and it talks about the same thing. You've got to understand, you've got to know that your Lord, my Lord, was not a martyr. He was not a martyr. He was not merely just a, just a good man doing good things. He was God incarnate. He was God supreme. He was God of all gods. Amen. He was God at the beginning. And he always will be God. He came down to the, to the lowest reach of creation. Simply to, to bring back the whole human race unto God. That had found themselves in a, in a terrible situation. And in order to do this, he had to take upon himself. <coughs> In order to do that, he had to take upon himself as representative as a man the whole sin of the world. He didn't have to. Understand that. He didn't have to leave his throne. But he did it so that you and I this morning could say, I am saved. He did it so that we could say, I am delivered. He did it so we could say, I have been set free. I've been set free. He paid a sacrifice. 
He paid the sacrifice for you and he paid the sacrifice for me. He went to the cross, he shed his blood. That the Bible says that we could have life and have it more abundantly. Don't you dare, don't you dare sell yourself short of who you are and who you belong to this morning. You may not be the strongest of Christians. Understand that. You may not necessarily be the strongest of Christians of who you want to be and what your ambition is as far as being a, being a Christian. But even where you are today, God says, I know you. And I understand what you are and who you are. I understand what you're going to be and what you're striving for. You're in that process. Don't sell yourself short. 1 Corinthians 15 and 10 says, By the grace of God, I am what I am. Hallelujah. And his grace toward me was not in vain. There's only one relationship that matters. Only one relationship. It's not your spouse. It's not your girlfriend. It's not your boyfriend. It's not your best friend. Only one relationship matters. And that's your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Redeemer of the world. And if you maintain that relationship... If you maintain that relationship at all costs, I hope you I hope you're hearing what I'm saying and it's and it's driving deep this morning. If you maintain that relationship at all costs, at all costs, letting everything else go but God. Let it go. Let it go. It's not worth it. Let it go. I don't care what it is. Let it go. Maintain that relationship with the Lord. Personal relationship to your Redeemer. Maintain it at all costs. Guard it at all costs. Watch over it at all costs. And you'll fulfill His purpose. then one individual life may be of priceless value to God's purposes and that life could be yours. You're a valuable creature to the Lord this morning. You're a valuable, special person to the Master. Maintain your relationship at all costs. Maintain it at all costs. Let me tell this and then we're going to go. Brother Gary, who was the missionary over there, who was in the service last Sunday morning, and the pastor was up and he was speaking on Esau. He was talking a little bit about Esau and he would lean up every now and then and he would give me some just points of things that he was saying. At the end of the message, I didn't know what was going on, but I thought he was closing. Brother Gary leaned up and he said, this pastor here is a little different than most pastors in Venezuela. He said he loves children, he loves families, he loves people. And he said every Sunday at the end of the message, he admonishes the people. And he spends about 15, 20 minutes outside his message admonishing the people on practical things. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, this morning... 
he was, and I noticed he was picking a man and he would look at him and he'd ask him a question, are you married? And the man would either nod his head yes or no, but this, this, that morning he, the man would nod his head yes. And he would tell the man, pointing his finger at him, he said, then you love your wife. You respect your wife, you respect your family. And he'd go on with that for, for several minutes. He'd find a woman, he said, are you married? And she'd nod yes, and he said, then you love your husband. You respect your husband. And he would talk to them about the emphasis and place high emphasis on their relationships with one another because of the world that they were living in and the family of how important the family is. And I thought, you know, that's probably a pretty good thing. I think probably in America we need to do the same thing because we live in a day and time to where we don't honor our families if we're not careful. We get caught up with stuff. We lose sight of who we are, what we have, what's valuable to us. See, because I'm going to tell you something, the truth. If you value something, you're going to protect it. You're going to protect what you value. Now, you may think this is a little cheesy, and that's okay. I don't care. But I couldn't wait to get home off that plane yesterday and see Karen and was able to go over and embrace her. You say, why, Pastor? Because she's my wife, and I love her. And I love to embrace and, I, and it caught my attention back to what this pastor was saying about loving my spouse. But see, we need to do the same thing even in our church and value what God has placed in our possessions. And what he was trying to get his people to understand is, look, you're somebody in Christ. You're somebody in Christ. Don't lose sight of that. Don't lose the value of what that represents and what that means.